Hey, good morning, everyone. Can we just thank the Lord this morning? There is a great, great spirit in this place today of just exalting Christ and letting Him be magnified. Amen. Amen. I just noticed that our online viewership has exploded this morning. Is there a game going on at the same time as it serves or something? On what? Those online, if you're watching the game, naughty, 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 okay? It's funny, you know, I... I um, I, I do my messages, I'm, I'm kind of months in advance when I do a, a, a title or I'm, I'm looking at a series to do or a book, and I, I try to be ahead of the game. And it was interesting that the beginning of my message, when I began to look at my notes again this week and study it again, the first line was distraction. So in the back of my mind, I know there's a game going on, and the Lord's telling me, Barden, do not be distracted. We're all going to be focused, Amen. We're looking at the book of James, and it's a great study of James, who was the half-brother of Jesus, who was head of the Jerusalem church, who came to Christ after witnessing and understanding the resurrection. And what I love about the book of James, it's so practical, and it shows us how we are to put feet to our faith. And what I love about James James is he doesn't mince mince his words on how it looks to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And what we're going to look at today is we're going to look at distractions and how easy it is to get distracted and how to be single-minded in our walk with the Lord and not to allow other things to influence, influence us and get in the way of our relationship with Christ. And I have to admit um, that I can easily be distracted. How, how many of you are easily distracted? Many of you are easily distracted. Um, how many of you found it very difficult to con- concentrate at school? I was a day dreamer at school. If it was something that did not interest me, I was doodling right on my notebook and just thinking about what I was going to do after school, and I love to play sports, and, you know, so it was very, very difficult for me uh, to concentrate, especially at school. Uh, my wife, Kathleen, says I'm a distracted driver. How many distracted drivers are out there today? Yeah, I'm with you. Now, I, I'm not really a distracted driver as much as I am an observant driver. <laughs> I observe things. Like, I can spot deer 800 yards in a field. And I'm like, Kathleen, look look at all those deer over there. And she's like, where? Where? I go, right over there. She's like, oh, my God, how did you see that while you're driving? It's because I'm an observant driver. How many observant drivers out there? Amen? Okay. She says, keep your eyes on the road, okay? Just keep your eyes on the road. And, and what we're going to look at today is single-mindedness. Single-mindedness. Mindedness. And I know for, for, for parents with kids, so many times it's hard to keep your kids single-minded or not being distracted unless they're online gaming. Then they're, then they're there, right? They're, they are on task. So it's easy for us to get distracted in our life. And everything is vying for our attention that is speaking to us. You got to get this. You got to buy this. This is new and improved. This is going to change your life if you get this. And in the study of the book of James, James is going to speak to us today about being good listeners. That if we're good listeners and we truly look and listen and hear the word of God, implement it in our lives and then begin to live it out, it can be transformational to you. And James says it starts with listening. We we have to be good listeners. And so this is the question that James is posing to his listeners throughout his book. He says things like this, what does your life look like when Christ has changed it? 
Is there evidence that Christ has done a transformation in your heart? If there is, then it should be seen in the way we live it out. What does your life look like when it is tested? When things don't go your way? When persecution comes or sickness or something that tests your faith? How does that look in Christ now? Is there a difference from the way you used to live your life? Is there a difference in your life? Do you believe what you read in the word of God? And so James tells us not to be distracted. Keep your eyes on the road and don't look at the deers in the field, okay? And don't look at your phone to see what the score is right now, you Bills fans. So we're not going to be distracted today. Let's look at James chapter 1. We're going to look at the, the last part of the chapter here. And let's see what James says about not being distracted and becoming good listeners and allowing it to transform our lives in the way we live it before others. Starting in verse 19, he says, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Or basically what James is saying, pay attention to this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and then after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in all they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Amen to God's word. Can everybody say, ouch? Because that's speaking to all of us here, right? So what James does is he doesn't mince his words here. And he tells us it's more than just listening and hearing the word of God. It must be seen in the way we live. It must be seen in the way we live. Here's the deception that can come into our lives that James says. We can think that we're actually listening to the word of God, but we're not. And he goes, it's going to be seen in the way you live it out. Tim Chester says it this way, the awful danger is that we can think we're responding in the right way to God's word when in fact we are not. James says, the worst thing a church can have is a religious spirit. All the trappings of what religion looks like on the outside, all the piousness of going through the religious calisthenics, maybe some of you grew up that way, You went to church, but it was just a Sunday thing, right? Monday was a different story. Tuesday was a different story. It didn't personally affect your life except on Sunday. It was a religious thing. And that can be deceiving because we think we are right and we think we can be obeying God by going through some religious thing or saying I have some denominational tag that I associate with or maybe am a member, a part of it, but it hasn't truly transformed my heart. 
James calls that a religious spirit, religiosity. Going through some ceremonies, but not changing you. Well, Pastor, I was, I was baptized as a baby. I was Christian, christened as a baby. Am I okay? No, you're not. Just because you went through some religious ceremony doesn't mean it was transformational in your heart. Amen? I love you guys, by the way, okay? I just want you to hear the truth here because I think we can hang our hats on some religious stuff that we may go through, but what James is saying is, if it's not proven in the way you live it out each and every day in your life, then it's just a religious thing. It's not a transformational thing. So how you listen reflects what's going on in your heart. Are you truly listening to God's word? Because if you are, it will transform your heart. So whether or not God's word is truly working in your heart. So what James says is, are you paying attention? Because the way you live your life will, will tell you if you're truly paying attention to what God is saying in his word. And so what James does is he gives us an example of a life that is shaped by God's word, a life that is truly transformed by God's word. And he says, those who are quick to speak and slow to listen will get upset faster. So what James is going to do is he's going to use these examples of how God's word is not permeating our hearts. And he's going to talk about those who aren't good listeners or who are quick to speak. Those are the ones who tend to get upset quicker. So when our listening slows, our temper grows. By the way, I made that up all by myself. I'm pretty proud of that little saying right there. Tweet it, repost it, whatever you want to do. Give me the credit. I'd really, really appreciate it because I don't come up with hardly anything on my own, but I did on that one. But this is what James is saying. When we are slow, when, when, when we're just slow at this, it shows that we're impatient. We're not allowing God to speak to our hearts and grip our hearts. When, when we are not listening to what others are saying, we tend to be quicker to speak and we tend to get angry much quicker. Douglas Moo is a, a biblical scholar. He said, looseness in speech is often linked with unrestrained anger. Have you ever had a discussion with somebody and it's a tense conversation because the two opposing views are opposite? And you, know, you have your two opinions and you begin to speak. And when you don't feel like you're being heard, our voices tend to escalate louder. And when we begin to do that, the person that is listening tends to listen less. That's happened to none of us in this room, right? We plug our ears because the volume went up and the listening went down. And the reason why that happens is this. When someone is trying to share their opinion or share their heart and they don't feel validated or they don't feel like you're listening, it seems like you don't care. So when you're speaking to each other, what James is saying, when you're a good listener, you're slow to speak you're listening to the heart. You're listening to what they are saying. You may not agree with it, and that's fine, but is the other person feeling validated by you listening? See, sometimes we just want to fix the problem, but we don't want to listen to the heart. 
Now, my parents had a great, my parents did a okay job raising me. No, they did a great job. Um, I think so. <laughs> my parents were good parents. And I, I love them to death and I appreciate them. But one thing they would do with me when I would be, when I was upset and, and they didn't try to correct like, they didn't want to be upset. They, want, they didn't want anger to control me. I think sometimes what we try to do as parents is we want to control the outcome of it first and just control the behavior and don't do that. So then what do we do? We just shove everything down. And then one way or another, that thing, that emotion is going to explode somewhere else another time. But what they would do is sit, sit, sit me down and they would say, Barden, what's going on? What's really going on? What's in your heart? What are you struggling with? And what they would try to do is get to the root. They would listen to me and where my heart was instead of just saying you were bad and you were wrong by getting angry. There was something else going on. You see, when we're not good listeners to God's word, we're not allowing God's word to permeate our heart to change us. And it's reflective in the way of not being a good listener and being quick to speak and quick to being angry. Proverbs 17.27 says, A truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. Even-tempered. See, an unrestrained tongue gets us into trouble every single time. And how we talk and treat others is an outflow of what's actually going on in our heart. You want to deal with your anger or whatever, you've got to deal with your heart first. Because that's what's going on. There's something going on there. It's deeper. It's at a deeper level. So ask yourself, ask yourself, do I tend to dominate conversations? Do I tend to talk too long? Do I listen before I speak. These are all good things to ask ourselves because if we're not good at these things, there's something deeper going on in our heart. Am I allowing the other person to talk and share their point of view or am I consistently interrupting them? Now, here's just a tip. If someone constantly interrupts you, just say this. Let them know that their chance to, their chance to speak will come when you are done. And tell them that you can't hear them when they're interrupting you all the time. Just let them know. I can't hear you when you're interrupting. Just let me finish what I have to say. We have to work very hard at being good listeners. You see, and the reason why um, James compares this to the word of God in our lives, we can read the word of God and understand that we are to use self-control and not to allow anger to control us. Yet at the same time, not heed what it says. Like we can know what we're supposed to do, but then we don't do it. And James says it's like a person looking in the mirror. Every single one of you looked in the mirror this morning. I think some of you did. Anyway, no. Uh, every single one of you looked in the mirror to see how you were just, and you didn't walk away and then go, oh, yeah, what am I wearing? Oh, okay, good, I know what I'm wearing. Then you walked away again, and then you, wait, what was I wearing again? And then you looked again. It, he says, when you're not listening to God's word, when you understand what it says, it's like someone looking in the mirror and then walking away and forgetting what they look like. That is so careless. That is so careless. I, when I was a kid, my, um, we lived in a three-bedroom house, and, and I had two sisters. They shared a room for a while, and then they wanted their own rooms 
because they're brats. No, I'm just teasing. No, I'm teasing. They're great sisters. They wanted their own rooms. So then we're like, okay, where are we going to uh, put Barden? And so we had like this like small crawl space attic, but it was only like five and a half feet high. And it was like a triangle that went down like this of the roof of the house. And so you, uh, you barely could stand up in it in one corner. So they made a really cool room there for me. And they had a mattress on the floor and had a little desk. And it, 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 was, it was pretty cool place. But my dad would say, Barden, when you stand up in the morning, remember, you're going to bump your head. Just remember. You know how many times I've bumped my head on that ceiling? Like a thousand times. And I knew, like I knew, Barden, don't get up quickly because you're going to bump your head. And many of you are thinking right now, that makes so much sense. We understand why Pastor Barden is the way he is. He bumped his head way too many times, right? This is what James is saying. Listen, forgetting what you look like is very, very careless. So if we, if we do not obey the word, we treat it as superficial, really not affecting our lives. And it would be as superficial as intently looking in the mirror and totally forgetting what you look like. So the doer, the doer of the word, James said, is the one that actually finds freedom and is blessed and lives a good life. So how do we know if we are following and obeying God's word? Is there a test? James will show us what it actually looks like when we're doers of God's word. And that's what he cares about. He doesn't, he doesn't want his listeners to treat their relationship with, with Jesus casually. Like it doesn't matter. And we believe that God's word holds ultimate truth. That God inspired the men who wrote the word of God. That it's not just a book on the same level as other literary writings. But we believe this is God's word spoken to men through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that is given to you and I today that's just as relevant today as it was in the first church. And so as we read God's word, we believe it's living, it's active, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And we believe when we heed the word of God, it's transformational for our lives. And so James is saying, heed God's word. Take careful attention to what you're reading. Take responsibility for your spiritual lives. And so what he does is he gives us a test on how we are to treat God's word and how we're to know that it's truly doing something positive and active in our lives. So I want to look at verses 26 and 27. And we're going to answer how we know the word of God is shaping us. Now, Every single one of us are a work in progress. We all have got our issues. We're all messy. We're all a work in progress. Amen? We, none of us have arrived until we get to heaven. So the, the thing of it is, is not um, do I have a perfect life, life and I'm never going to make mistakes. The question is, am I allowing God to speak to me and shape my life in the areas that are rough, in the areas that need to be shaped? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to convict me in those areas? Look at verses 26 and 27. Here's how we know that the word of God is shaping us. He says, those who consider themselves religious, and he's speaking, this isn't really a nice thing he's saying. He's saying those that consider themselves to know about God or go through some religious ceremonies. He says, 
If you consider yourself religious and do not keep a tight rein on your tongue, you deceive yourself and your religion is worthless. And he's talking about cultural Christianity there. Then in verse 27, he says, religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless and is this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. I'm going to be honest with you this morning. This is a a trap that we can fall into if we're not careful. Some of you were raised in some great Christian homes. Praise God for that. Some of you weren't. Some of you were raised in in very godless homes and you didn't know about God and you discovered Jesus later. And some of you were raised in very uh, good Christian homes. Here's, Here's the danger of cultural Christianity. And what do I mean by cultural Christianity? It's when we do the things that are Christian don't smoke or chew or go with girls that do, that kind of thinking. Right? If we, you know, we don't do the things we're not supposed to do and we do the things we're supposed to do, but, but it's, it hasn't really affected our hearts. So we, we may, we're brought up in an in a atmosphere or a culture where we went to church, that's all great, and we were taught to read our Bibles and we did all this stuff, but it just became part of my life, but it wasn't transformational. Now, I was raised going to church, I remember asking my mom one day, why do we go to church? Because it's the most boring place in the world, mom. Do we, we have to go. And she goes, well, that's what we're supposed to do. It was, it's not that it was a bad thing, but it was something we just did. It was our Sunday ritual. But sad to say, the church we grew up in didn't speak about the transformational power of a relationship with Jesus Christ. They did good things, which is okay. But it was cultural. It wasn't transformational. The gospel of Jesus Christ and having a born-again relationship with Christ was not spoken. And so it's easy for us to fall in that same trap of doing things for God or thinking that we're Christians by what we do and forgetting that it has to be a transformational relationship of your heart. This is what James is warning here. If you think you're religious, if you think you're pious, it's more about talking than doing. That, became, that can become a pious spirit where I look religious on the outside, but what I do and don't do, but there's nothing happening on the inside. You see, when the gospel message of Christ and what he did for you and, and how he came to die for our sins, that he wants a relationship with you, There's something that changes your whole life when that happens. And that doesn't mean your life's going to be easy and everything's going to be hunky-dory and you're never going to have any problems. Everybody said, amen. But there's this thing that happens within your heart that now you want to serve Jesus. You want to follow him. Something happens from within. And this is all what James is talking about. You should hear God's word and now you want the word to be accountable in your life where it changes what you now do, what you think about what you used to do before you were a follower of Jesus. It strips away a religious spirit that looks good and pious on the outside. And a relationship with Jesus through the gospel message will humble you 100% of the time. To say, I don't deserve it, I don't earn it, I didn't merit it, it's not because of my works, it's all because of Christ. So when I walk in that type of relationship, that's what changes in my heart. So when I heard that message spoken at another church, 
And what did it for my dad was seeing someone that he worked with and how his life was transformed through Christ Jesus. And my dad's like, what is going on with, with my coworker? And the coworker told him, it's Jesus. My dad said, man, his, his vocabulary cut in half overnight. It was amazing. My dad saw something different in this person. It wasn't religion. It wasn't a religious spirit. It was a transformation that happened in his heart. And then my dad said, well, I want what you have. What do you, what, what? And he told him on break that he told my dad about his relationship with Jesus and prayed with my dad in a break room at Kodak. Praise God for Kodak. You see, when I started to hear that message, that's what changed my heart as a 16-year-old. Now, guess what? I wanted to go to church. Are we going to church? <laughs> Mom, I'm, I'm going to go to Sunday school. Say, what? I started reading my Bible because now the words came alive to me. I didn't understand it all, but I just started reading it. And the more I you know, sat under teaching and heard God's word, the more God began to do a work in my life and in my heart. That's the religion that James says is pure. That you begin to care about the world. You begin to care about people who are hurting. You begin to care about people that don't have a voice. You begin to care about the rights of the unborn. You begin to care about those that are caught in, in the sex slave, human trafficking, horrible epidemic in our country. You begin to care when you see war and bombs being thrown at another country. You begin to care about those things. That's the religion that James is talking about. You begin to care about your purity and the things that you're allowing into your life that could pollute you. Not because God is up there and, and, and trying to make you feel guilty and, and sh ashamed of what you thought about or what you're thinking about. But he's saying, listen, James is saying, don't allow those things to pollute you. Don't allow them to pollute your life because what they will do is they'll water down your relationship with me. And I've come to bring you freedom. Those things will only keep you a slave to sin. And Jesus came to bring freedom and life and joy and blessings to your life when you listen and you heed and you follow his word. All right. I'm going to shut up in five, give me five minutes and I'm going to shut up because I want all you out here so I can go watch the Bills game. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> so three things real fast. Three things James tells us to, to look at to know that the word of God is shaping us. So he gets real practical here in these verses. He says, first of all, my words. Am I keeping a tight rein on my tongue? Am I watching what's coming out of my mouth and what I'm saying? That's when you know the word of God is working on your heart. Number two, my service. Am I concerned and am I showing mercy to the oppressed or to those who have no voice? Am I looking at ways to serve beyond myself? And thirdly, am I looking at my personal purity? Am I moving away from those things that could cause me to stumble or possibly pollute me? 
And the word pollute is just garbage, allowing garbage into our life. Now, I, I grew up, you know, very close to Lake Ontario and, and, and West Rondequite. And um, I remember people asked me, oh, you must, you know, and this is in the 70s. And people say, oh, you must go to the lake and swim all the time. I say, have you been down there? It stinks. How many of you remember that in the 70s? They would just, the city would just allow sewage into the lake. And you'd walk along the, the it's, thank God it's so much better now, but you'd walk along the lake and just see raw sewage just sitting on the beach. It's not a place you wanted to go swimming, right? See, James is saying, guard your heart against those things that can pollute your life from keeping you from knowing my freedom and my love and my joy. Not to beat you up, not to shame you, not to guilt you, but to free you to have that relationship that Jesus desires to have with you. So the question we need to ask ourselves, what is shaping my life? Is Christ shaping my life in his word or is the world? And we live in a world that so distracts us from every angle. And if we're not listening and heeding God's word, something else will fill that gap. Do I treat God's word superficially? Does it have meaning? Do I allow it to change me? You see, James' challenge is to become good listeners and to contemplate what we will say before we say it. See, the application is when I read God's word, when I pray, am I asking God, God, what are you doing in my heart, in my life? Anytime you have a confrontation or something doesn't go well, we always get defensive, don't we? We don't like it. But you know the question we need to ask ourselves? God, through this confrontation or something that I don't like, what are you doing in my heart first? Is there something that you're revealing through this situation that you're trying to reveal to me? That takes being a good listener. Listen, be accountable with your life. That's what James is saying. Be accountable to God's word. And when someone else speaks something to you, when they're speaking into your life because they love you, how do you react? Are you a good listener? Do you, do you apply it to your heart by saying, maybe there's something in me that needs to change? Are we good listeners? Are we accountable to the Holy Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives? And the reason why is God is trying to shape us into the person that he wants us to be, the servant that he desires us to be, and it's for our good. We may not like it, but it's for our good. Take an audit of what you say and how you say it. Ask someone that you're close to or your spouse, how am I doing there? That's a fun conversation. But ask them, am I a good listener? Or ask this question. When there is a, we'll call it a confrontation of opinions, and it didn't go well, ask them, what can I do better to listen to you? so that you can be heard. When you are reading God's word, apply to your life. God, what, can, what are you doing in my heart so I can hear what you're trying to speak to me and are there things in my life that need to be corrected? Take an audit of what you say and how you say it. Remember, what you say reflects your heart and if Christ is control 
of your life. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna sing in closing here, and I want this to be your prayer. Um, and I want you to ask yourself this question, what is my religion right now? Am I just a religious person that kind of goes through the motions? James says, there's a disconnect with me if that's your heart. Is it, is it, a, is it cultural Christianity where you're doing the right things on the outside, but you know that your relationship with Christ is not there? Jesus says, come to me and let me change that and let me have that authentic relationship with you. Listen to what the Lord is saying to you today. Heed his voice today. And James, the promise here that James says, comes freedom and a blessed life when we hear, when we heed God's voice and his word that he's given us. So as we sing in closing today, I want you to realize God is for you. He's not against you. And be thankful for conviction. Be thankful for God's word because it speaks truth to our hearts. And it's that truth that's ultimately going to set you free. That's why we don't want to water God's word down. That's why we don't want to just twist it to fit our needs and our desires. Sometimes we just have to wrestle through the truth of God's word because it's good for us to wrestle through it. And when you do that, God is faithful. He's going to meet you. And when you're humble and open about your mistakes, God is faithful to forgive you. He's there. He's not going to cast you away. He's not going to stiff arm you. He's going to draw you even closer and say, you're my child. Good. You're getting it now. Let me do the healing in your heart. So as we sing this unto the Lord, let's just make it our prayer. And if you're here today, just make that relationship with Christ real. Cast away our religiosity. And let's our prayer be, let's be better listeners. Not only with each other, but ultimately with God's word. Amen? That's the heart of James. Father God, as we bow our hearts before you. We need your help. Um, we all struggle with listening. There are, all of us, there are areas in our lives that, that, we, that we don't see, that we have blind spots, that we are dense to, that, that we just don't see. And I'm thankful for your word that it, that it uncovers those areas of our lives that, that need to be dealt with. And maybe it's through somebody else or another person that sees what we're doing and they speak into our lives. Help us not to be def defensive, but help us to be good listeners because you're trying to do that deeper work in our hearts and our lives. If we have a religious spirit, our relationship with you is just religious. Just It's all on the outside, but there's not that transformation. Lord, I thank you that we can call on your name and you, you come and you change us. For you say, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I thank you that you do the saving that you change our hearts. So help us to be good listeners today. And as we just sing to you today in closing, let this be our prayer that you are always with us, Christ, that you never leave us or forsake us. No matter what we go through, you are there. Thank you that your desire is to have a relationship with us that's not religious, but one that is close, one that changes us, one that's exciting, one that brings freedom and blessing. Help us to seek you in that way. We love you and we praise you. We ask all these things in Jesus' wonderful name. In Jesus' wonderful name. And all God's children said, amen, amen, amen. Can we thank God for his word today? God bless you guys.